Welcome to Artful Aging with Amy, where I ask caregivers and professionals the difficult questions that will give you guidance on your life's journey. Support is only one conversation away, and this is your first step. Let's go. Good morning, everyone. I'm Amy Friesen, and this is Artful Aging with Amy. If you joined us last week, you'll know that I was speaking with Lise Hodgson, a travel specialist with Expedia Cruises Ottawa. Last week was all about what has changed in the travel industry, as well as tips and tricks for traveling with small children. So if you missed it, head back over to last week's episode, and I'll tag it in our comment section uh, below for you. Today, Liz and I are going to look at traveling with seniors, as well as how to best travel with different medical conditions and food allergies. Welcome back, Liz. Thanks so much for joining me again today. Thanks for having me again. (laughs) (laughs) Liz, picking up from our last conversation, let's first talk about insurance. Uh, We spoke about traveling solo and with children last week, and today we'll get into traveling with with seniors. I know when I travel, I find insurance a bit tricky. For example, you know, is the insurance that comes with my credit card enough for insurance? Um, Then, you know, is there anything else I need to look at? Does, you know, do I need car insurance or does it on my existing policy or with my credit card? All these questions I have to look at every time I travel, frankly, because I forget the answers every single time. And at this point, we haven't been traveling that much, so it's hard to know. Um, and so I guess maybe let's start off with for, you know, what does our audience need to know about insurance, especially with, uh, all the changes in the last few years? Well, insurance is a tricky one. I'm no insurance expert, right? So, but I do always recommend to my clients that you need to have medical insurance and you should have cancellation or trip interruption insurance. Medical insurance, you do have to be careful because like, again, Cuba, you need medical insurance to be uh, to travel to Cuba and you have to be able to prove it. Uh, other countries that, you know, I the other Caribbean countries, None of them have come up on that, but it's always a good, um, you always have to to look into it. Uh, cancellation and trip interruption insurance, since COVID, that's become tricky. Because COVID is a known event, regardless if you buy the insurance or not, and there's another pandemic wave, cancellation insurance may not cover. However, if the world shuts down again, you know, the cruise lines, the all-inclusives have been really helpful in terms of, you know, giving you a future cruise credit or a future travel credit or giving you a refund. But it's really, really important because especially for kids uh, and the, and the, the, uh, the, uh, the grandparents and stuff, if something happens when you're away, the last thing you want is lose your shirt because it's costing you $150,000 in medical bills. So you need to at least, at least, at least have medical insurance. It can get costly. (laughs) I bet. Yeah. And so something you just said that went in my mind, um, when you said it's been a known event, is that very similar to like, Hey, my medical is this and I have diabetes or whatever. And it's a known thing. Right. And so they're like, well, we won't insure. Well, no, (laughs) no, no, no. They do. They can insure you. And like, so for example, I mean, you have all these questions, right? Do you have diabetes, um, heart disease, uh, you know, cancer? Uh, Do you use um, a ventilator, like a 
oxygen. You have all those questions. But when you have a known disease or a known medical illness, uh, there's another form called MUPS. <laughs> it's a medical underwriting. I probably don't have the right definition, but it it you have to, to be three months stable. But if you happen to have a heart attack while you're away, you could be covered. So you got to be careful. You have to do your homework. And we work with a company called Manulife and they are amazing. You know, you call them up, they know all the answers. There's some other insurance companies out there. You just, you know, you pay for what you get, like your credit card, your credit card. Although there are some credit cards, apparently their medical insurance is like amazing and their cancellation insurance is amazing, but I have never relied on that. I always like to get additional insurance to make sure I'm covered because I don't want to lose my house because I went on a holiday and I, I wanted to save $1,500. Yeah. That, I mean, that's good advice too. Cause I've, mm -hmm. I've used, I've looked into our credit card substantially and it seems to be good, but I mean, that's the thing, right? You just never know. And it's yeah. better to be covered, especially when you're not traveling within Canada. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's tricky for anyone traveling. There's always the concerns about allergies um, and other medical concerns, right? We're talking about insurance, but let's switch over to like allergies and things like that. I know that, you know, I recently traveled, I have a dairy allergy. And so I was on a resort. It was a bit tricky. Uh, they were really good to have a lot of things listed. But what I did find is that a lot of their dishes had dairy in them. So it was trickier than I, well, actually, I thought it was going to be that tricky. So, you know, at least it was less tricky, I guess. And they actually had almond milk. So at least I could get my coffee in the morning, which was great. Um, but, it, you know, generally speaking, if you're not super aware, it's hard. So I guess, Lise, my question is for resorts and cruises, how equipped are they to be able to help with these types of things usually? Well, the cruises are amazing. You know, like I did a back um, uh, back kitchen tour. And so for gluten-free or dairy or anything like that, they actually have a specific area. Like I wouldn't get to say 99% of the cruise lines have that. And it's, you know, they know it's special. And then so what happens on cruise lines is that you kind of, I fill out a medical form. That's what I do. I fill out a medical form and I put the allergy in there and then it they're tagged. So what'll happen is when you show up for your, for your dining, it'll tag, okay, this person's celiac or this person is lactose intolerant. This person can't have garlic, can't have onions, you know? Um, so your, um, your chef or not your chef, your waiter will meet with you and say, okay, you can have this, this, and this. Like I, uh, allergies are sort Sorry, onions make the roof of my mouth itch and I sneeze. Okay, funny story. So I tried one day to say, okay, I'm allergic to onions. Well, I couldn't have anything, no gravy, no nothing. So I said, I'll forget it. I'm going to sneeze and have the roof of my mouth. But, you know, they were, they were very careful. They said, you can't have this sauce because it's made with onion powder. So the cruise lines personally are more equipped to take care of it, but you'd still need to be careful, like soya sauce for gluten-free people. Soya sauce, some of it's gluten-free, some of it's not. So you just have to be careful, um, but they're much more equipped than I find than a lot of resorts. But then you've got the high-end resorts that are equipped and understand. So like Dreams, for example, the chef will meet you 
if you've got like your celiac or you've got a real major allergy, they meet you in the lobby and they'll say, welcome, you know, and uh, they'll take the information. And then your uh, the waiter, when you go to a room, uh, to a restaurant, they'll know. So the higher end resorts are more equipped. Now, again, that's my personal opinion. And I've sent people to those resorts like Royalton's Dreams, and they've had amazing results. Awesome. Well, and I also find it interesting. I, w- I was a little baffled because they, you know, the resort I was on, they have almond milk, they're using it. And then it's like, everything's dairy. And you think, you know, randomly yeah. maybe make a dish with almond milk, right? It's it's very interchangeable, but it's it wasn't there. So it was a little bit baffling to me, but I was able to navigate it for most of the week. I, like you, Mine's a like a milk intolerance, but it's it's pretty severe. And so it's like I'll take my chances every once in a while because, you know, it was like literally at one of the restaurants, they were it was all milk. And I was like, OK, well, if I want to eat here and it looks delicious, we're just going to Thai food, right? Thai food. Oh, <laughs> no, it, it was crazy. So, yeah, it was really interesting to me. But um, Lisa also has experienced booking travel with families who are vacationing with senior family members, as well as had the experience personally with traveling with someone who has dementia. Let's discuss traveling with senior loved ones and ones with other medical needs. I know you have experienced traveling with your sister-in-law who has dementia. Could you share a little bit more about your story so we could have a little bit of background? Sure. So it was my first time traveling with, so I traveled with groups quite a bit because the seniors like to have someone on site that if something happens, they have my room number, they call and say, Lise, you know, can you help? So this, she was part of our group and we got a call from one of the people from the group actually that said, um, I think your brother and sister-in-law need some help. They are, you know, located on the 11th floor. So this was like 1030 at night. So I went and we chatted with her. And it, although we knew she had Alzheimer's, um, it had progressed uh, on the trip. And from what I've read, and I'm not an Alzheimer's or dementia specialist, but traveling can trigger um, episodes because they're not in their normal, you know, they're not in their normal house. They're not... Uh, they're out of their comfort zone. So I guess it triggered and, you know, I was trying to help. And she looked at me and said, you know, you're in on this. And uh, it's like, I wasn't there. So the cruise line that we were on, a celebrity uh, did an amazing, amazing job. I was so impressed. I even commented on them. I sent them a letter and they treated her and my brother with dignity. They were patient. They were kind, you know, unfortunately, you know, because of the situation they had, they removed her and put her in a, a separate stateroom and they had a female guard with her just to make sure she was okay. Didn't hurt herself, wouldn't hurt my brother. Um, and so they kept her overnight. And then the next morning, um, we met them in the um, medical section of the cruise. And uh, she just looked at us and she thought Ron had left. My Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. She thought that he had left her and uh, it it was so, it was heart-wrenching. But um, see, uh, so they... uh, they had to send her to a hospital. And I said, like, please don't 
take her out in a uh, stretcher. They were bringing the stretcher. I said, can we just not let her walk off with dignity? You know, so they did that. We walked them out, went to an ambulance and they were just so good. Like they explained everything. They explained why they had to do this. You know, they had to look after uh, the, you know, the, the, her safety, my, my brother's safety and the passenger's safety. And um, it's funny, it was COVID. COVID hit that the following Friday. So I think that at the end of the day, this was probably better for her to head home earlier than to be at the airport because it was mass chaos because that's it was March 13th was when we arrived. Uh, we were leaving Fort Lauderdale to come home. So that's when COVID had hit. So I they were just phenomenal. And then funny story is I've gone on a cruise um, in January and lo and behold, the security personnel that dealt with my sister-in-law was there and he kept saying, hi, Mrs. Hodgson. Hi, Mrs. Hodgson. How are you? Have a great day. And I'm going, who the heck is this guy? Like I hadn't been drinking, you know, I was good all week. How does he know my name? So then all of a sudden a light bulb went off. So I approached him and he was so professional he did not, like, so I asked him, I said, you know, you dealt with so-and-so and dementia and all that. And he, he didn't say, yeah, yeah, that was me. This is what happened. He waited until I specifically said what, what ship we were on, what exactly happened. Because privacy, you know, you can't just blab to anybody what's going on. And it was funny because he, then he asked me how she was doing. He was, they were just so nice. And I said, so you guys do training on, you know, medical conditions and, you know, Alzheimer's. And he says, yeah, we do a lot of training on that because we need to be empathetic um, to, you know, to everybody on the ship. We need to know how to handle that stuff. So yeah, it was quite the experience. I tell you. Thank you for sharing that. That is, like, that is quite the experience. And that is so lovely that not only did he recognize you and remember that and had that conversation with privacy involved, but yeah. also that their training, because, you know, you know that I work with uh, folks with dementia as well. And it's true that traveling will trigger extra, extra obstacles, I guess is the way to say it, that people didn't, you know, realize. And we've had a lot of people just saying, oh, you know, we're, you know, kind of sticking their head in the sand being like, well, they're okay. We'll just keep going on with our lives, but not taking any extra uh, strides to make sure that their loved one's safe because they don't realize how much the travel will affect the person who has dementia. Uh, and it depends on the stage as well. And it's yeah. the same when people are moving right to retirement. It's, you know, they're moving from something that's super stable and the journey to moving cities or into retirement is, is very disruptive. So, you know, dementia puts a whole other level uh, into life, generally speaking, but also into travel. And, you know, I would caution people that are traveling with folks who have dementia, really understand the medical side, what is happening right now, you know, and it will change and just assume it's going to change, you know, is that person a wander risk? Is that person too advanced? Is that how is that person's temperament? There's so many different things. And so there's a lot of red flags if you answered yes to any of that. But if you answered no, and they're a little bit, you know, in early stages of dementia and things like that, you know, just know that there might be things that come up and prepare yourself for that because, you know, you don't want to be stuck in that situation like you had, Lise. I've had other people, you know, traveling not on cruise ships that just everything blew up, right? And it was just like, what do we do? And they didn't know what to do because they were really caught off guard. So, 
you know, as folks are starting to travel again and, and want to have, you know, one last trip with so-and-so or, you know, whatnot, it's really difficult. Yeah. Uh, and also, if you're dealing with someone who has dementia, their decision-making often is compromised. And so uh, I never, you know, traveling with someone that has a young child and traveling with someone with dementia, although I know that they're not the same necessarily, obviously the person with dementia is not a child. However, the reasoning is very yeah. similar, right? And so sure. you want to make sure that things are planned out appropriately so that they and you have the best trip, right? Um, and so it's it's bit very tricky. So let's um let's talk about you know being proactive. Um, I, as I said, I went on a trip recently and it was really interesting. I'm more attuned to looking at you know situations with children and seniors because that's my mm-hmm. life. Um, but what I noticed was uh, there was a lot of seniors on our trip. There were a lot of children and I didn't experience that before COVID. So I think everybody's traveling at this point. Yeah. And what I thought was really cool is we got to the airport. There's specialized people for the seniors that were there. You know, there's special people to, you know, grab a wheelchair or help them through the airport and stuff. And I really was, it put me into a more comfortable state knowing that not only these people are taken care of, but should that be me in the future, there's definitely help around the way. So I thought that that was really cool. So I'd like to get your opinion on what types of things should families proactively plan or book before going on their trips to help alleviate some of the added stress when they're traveling with someone else, especially children and seniors. Do you have any thoughts for us, Lise? For sure. So you've got to educate yourself in terms of like, the airports that you leave from or arrive in some airports like the Chicago airport that it's huge, huge. So you can't have someone who has the mobility um, issues walk. So you have to, to pre-organize wheelchairs. So you start that from, you know, point A and then the airline gets all that organized for you. And then it gets organized, um, uh, on the different other stops. So, so the mobility issue, so wheelchair, if they need, uh, you know, if they're walking with a cane or we have the, they have the little trams, I guess you want to black better words and that drive around in the airport. So that's important. Um, and then if they're, they need a wheelchair on site. So the, a lot of the cruise lines will have wheelchairs where they'll meet you when you arrive and they'll wheelchair the client in. But then on the ship, sometimes they don't have enough wheelchairs. So you got to pre-order wheelchairs. It's not expensive. You know, Florida is where most of the cruise lines live, leave from. Um, they um, There's companies that deal with those cruise lines. So it's pretty easy. You call them, it's done, or your travel agent does it for you. Um, for kids, you know, you are allowed to bring um, items for the child at no extra cost, like a stroller or a car seat. So just, you know, make sure you bring those, um, double check with the airline, obviously in case, you know, there's extra charges because there's all kinds of cheaper airlines out there. So you just have to be careful for that. Um, again, proactive is the resort you're going to, how many stairs are there? Uh, Is your, is your father not going to be able to go to a restaurant because there's no ramp? You know, in Canada and the U.S., we've got all these um, disability uh, rules and regulations. You know, you you have to be accessible, all that. But other places may not have that. So that's what you need to make sure is the resort that you're going to uh, accessible. Cruise lines, it's pretty much um, accessible, uh, like ocean cruise lines, river 
River ships, for example, that's a real odd one. Um, you see a lot of seniors doing river cruises, but a lot of the, the ships now, um, the third level where you go out where there's the pool and, you know, you, you want to see the world outside, sometimes it's not accessible. So that's homework that you need to do. Uh, they have elevators for the disabled, but, uh, or mobility, uh, mobility, what's the proper word? Mobility. Maybe mobility impaired or. Yes, mobility impaired. Yeah. So again, that's homework. The newer ships that are being built, you know, do take that into consideration, but you just have to do your homework or your travel agent when you're booking with a specialist like me, we usually do our homework and make sure that it's, uh, that they're not going to be missing out on, on something because they can't make it up the stairs. I think the other thing I want to kind of point out, just as you know, I work with seniors. So the other thing is, is that a lot of the seniors I work with, the one traveling or whatnot, you know, top, top concern is remaining independent Mm -hmm. sometimes to a fault. And so there's a lot of stubborn people, generally speaking, in the world. And so I think that, you know, when I saw in the airport that they had the special transfers and the wheelchairs and stuff, there's a lot of seniors that I know personally and that we've helped uh, in, in my business that would not want to do that because they would want to remain independent. And I guess my thought process, and I'd be interested in yours, is, you know, let's not make a stand there. Let, you know, independence, let everybody is trying to keep as much independence as possible. But honestly, you know, the airports, for instance, are huge, like you said. And if you can get a little extra assistance in the airport and you can just, you know, accept that assistance, then, you know, what comes after it will be much more enjoyable. You won't be exhausted. You won't be over, over tired like well the same thing right but like too warm anything like that like anything that i would add up to you trying to get through that airport you won't have that problem if you just kind of accept that help when you say like it just you know a lot of people just would prefer to you know kind of fight it out but I, what yeah. i think is you know it's better just to accept that help and enjoy other parts of the trip yeah, I joke around and tell my clients, hey, you get to get on the plane first <laughs> when you see the lineup going like five miles down the jump down the corridor when you're in a wheelchair or you need assistance with embarkation. <laughs> you get up there first. So I'd say, like, hey, that's a good thing. <laughs> that's a thing. Kind of like at this point, just accept what there is. There's 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 certain things in in the process of traveling that will benefit you and your health as a senior accept those that help and that way your other parts of your trip will be more enjoyable because you won't get to yeah. the resort exhausted or whatever it is right yeah yeah for sure um i guess one of the other proactive things i'm uh, wondering about is there anything that you know from a preparing and packing situation <laughs> to make traveling a little bit easier like for instance i don't you know i don't even know if it's necessary but you know we bring a small luggage scale because i don't want to end up at the airport with my bag being yeah. too heavy usually Agreed. it's not my case more so my yeah. sister's and my family's case and so we we, yeah. we use the luggage scale but is there any like tips that we can say hey maybe like do this when you're packing or whatnot well the one thing the foremost one thing that you need to make sure is bring extra medication um because 
you can't just buy that anywhere. If you forget a luggage scale, you forget a pair of shoes, you know, you forget your shampoo, you can buy that anywhere. But medical medication, especially like COVID, some people were stuck for a month. So, I mean, uh, obviously the, you know, they, they help the medical, the medical people help because, you know, these guys were stuck on a, on a ship for a month. But um, typically if you're delayed two days or three days, whatever, make sure you've got the extra medication. So you made me laugh because my husband has a list. He works off a list. I don't, I've been traveling for so long that I'd never bother a list. And then if I forget something, he says, what about the list? So he's got a list that he uses all the time, crosses everything out. If it's something new, he adds it, something he doesn't need anymore, he crosses it off. So it's important. It's important to have a list. And then uh, what we use is packing cubes. So I'm not sure if you're aware of those. Um, I give them to my clients and they are great. You can squish as much clothes in there and they don't get wrinkled because they have no way, like they don't rub against each other when they're traveling and you can stuff your suitcase like you still have 50 pounds, but it really helps. And if you're traveling where uh, there's land tours out there, where you get off the bus, get on the bus, get off the bus, get on the bus, you organize yourself. You know, this is Monday, Tuesday, this is Wednesday. Thursday. This is Friday, Saturday. So the packing cubes are good. Your weight scale is good. Um, when you're cruising, magnets. Magnets are amazing because you get tons of paperwork and the walls are metal. So, you know, you get a little daily planner and so you pop it up on your wall. So it's less paperwork. Like I'm pretty anal in terms of stuff all over the place. So all it's all organized. You get your excursion tickets. You know, so magnets are really good. Resorts, I think the walls are probably made out of cement. So that wouldn't typically work, but magnets are good. Um, I was trying to think what else I, uh, you know, bring like Tums, you know, that, that kind of stuff, allergy pills, seasickness pills. Um, but but uh, I have a list and if you guys reach out, I can share, share my list with you. And it's a growing list. <laughs> now, is it, uh, is it your husband's list or is it your oh, list? Sorry. It's my husband's <laughs> list. <laughs> I guess one of the, I don't need a list. <laughs> she says now. <laughs> I guess one of the other questions too, with medication specifically in prescription bottles or in dosettes? Yeah, no, you really, really should have it in a prescription bottle. And if you have them, so some people people have those pill organizers, fine, but always bring your list. You can get, you know, every time you buy a prescription um, or you get a prescription, you've got a list of the medications that you take. Bring that with you. I always have it in my pill, not my pill box, but my travel pill case. Um, just because, you know, some pills at least you know what exactly what it is and they're not going to they're not going to talk to you about you know contraband and well, the other thing is, is if you anything with cannabis anything with cannabis doesn't matter if it's legal in Canada doesn't matter if it's legal in Amsterdam it doesn't matter if it's legal in Jamaica <laughs> you cannot carry it over the border regardless if you have a prescription for it, it's called trafficking. So please, 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 please remember that. The last thing you want to do is, you know, get thrown in jail because your lawyers are expensive. Yeah. So here's your note. Pick up your cannabis on the other side. <laughs> no, Quietly. <but> yeah. Quietly. <laughs> it's tricky, but yeah, it's, that's yeah. a good point as well. And yeah. the packing cubes, like that, I use them. And you know what I do is I also, if there's multiple of us going, like my family, 
we usually have a suitcase each and I'll just mix them. So just in case the yeah, luggage goes good. missing, yeah. yeah, we'll just mix them. And that way, yeah, carry on, yeah, carry on. Yeah. yeah. Put in your carry on something that is really dear to you or expensive to buy your pills always on your carry on always, always, always. And your jewelry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then one other thing I wanted to point out before our time is done today is that, you know, I was looking and I was researching for a show, especially with folks for dementia. But also, again, it kind of applies to children in this case. Somebody mentioned that using a GPS tracking device might be helpful. So if you've got someone that has dementia and you're not sure if they're going to wander, um, there's a lot of GPS tracking devices that would be able to help in that situation. And going to a whole other country, a, you know, a whole other spot, I thought that might be a little bit of a clever trick, even with uh, children, right? Because I, as a parent, am a little concerned traveling with my daughter. She's very, you know, she she's very independent and she listens well. But you just never know, right? And so I thought that was yeah. an interesting thing. Have you ever heard anyone do that? <laughs> to be honest, I'm you just talk. I'm gonna go to bed smarter tonight, is what I always say when I learn something. I just blew your mind, <laughs> didn't I? <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah, you did. Well, track my phone is good. Uh, you know, yeah. like you, you got to be careful because the kids will turn on the phone. It'll cost you an arm and a leg by the time you're back home. Yeah. But track my phone is a good one as well. But um, yeah. Nice. But the, what we do, though, is what I do with some of my clients who have dementia or early signs is that we do put a note on the file. Like I, I need their permission, obviously. But then the staff, like the the staff will are aware. So if they see you wandering around, a person wandering around, they know, you know, to kind of approach them cautiously like not cautiously carefully and kindly and say how can I help but yeah so that's the other thing I forgot to say fair enough fair enough mm -hmm. please could you tell our audience again how to reach out <laughs> because I want to make sure all the information is at their fingertips <laughs> so again it's easy to google me so you do Expedia Cruises and Lise Hodgson which is my name and then my website should pop up um, or else you can call me at 613 824-9666 extension 780 or you can email me at l hodgson so h-o-d-g-s-o-n at expediacruises.com thank you so much for joining me again today thank I really you appreciate it's great it. good it's been so enlightening so you know i really enjoy it so thanks so much for coming on thanks Thanks everyone for joining us again today i hope that you have found value in our conversation Again, please share with your networks. Support is only one conversation away and sharing information, you'll learn something. And like Lisa says, you go to bed smarter at night. So <laughs> please have it, share it around your networks. I would really appreciate it. And I hope that you have a wonderful Wednesday.